when you begin with the thought impulse, desire, to accumulate money, you are drafting into your service the same stuff that nature used in creating this earth. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Next up, Hill talks about how you must begin at once to put your imagination to work on building a plan or plans for the transformation of your desire into money. And he says that the moment you put this into writing, reduce your plan to writing if you've not done so already, the moment you complete this, you will have definitely given concrete form to the intangible desire. So think about that. You have a desire, you use your imagination to come up with a plan, you put it down in writing, and that has given, it's the beginning, it's the nascent beginning of turning your intangible desire, the thing you can't hold in your hand, is not a physical, tangible asset. That is, it turns it just that much more into a concrete form. It's the beginning of taking it from the intangible to the tangible. And this is so important, guys. This is so important. And yet most people resist this. Most people, if they get to desire, they're lucky. If they move past the denial of their desire, they're outstanding already. And then do they actually use their imagination? Do they allow for imagination to help them come up with the ways and means? And if they do that, do they leave it as just and something that they're imagining or do they write it down? So many people get that phrase, lost in imagination. It's fun to be lost in imagination. It is such an intoxicating place and it's a good place to hang out in for a period of time, but then you must take that and write it down. You must put it into a plan. And as you'll learn as we go forward, you know, that needs to go into action. But that place where you, you go from the daydream, you go from the imagination, you get the next idea, you get the synthesis of ideas, and you put it into play. The first way you put it into play is by writing it down. Write it down. Did I say write it down? Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. There is something powerful in the written word. It's extraordinary. It makes it that much more real. So if you find yourself saying, I don't have time for that, or I'll remember that, or uh, I don't need to write it down, I would pause there and I would write it down anyway. It takes but a moment. So here Hill says, the earth on which you live, you yourself and every other material thing are the result of evolutionary change through which microscopic bits of matter have been organized and arranged in an orderly fashion. Organized and arranged in an orderly fashion. So order is heaven's first law. I've pondered that sentence for years, years really. What does that mean? Order is heaven's first law. And yet spiritual law and natural law go hand in hand. And the world 
often doesn't appear to have order. There seems to be a lot of chaos, actually. Yet, there is order here. And we see it in evolution. We see it in the way nature uh, has fires that burn down forests that seem like chaos to the animals in the forest, to us if our houses are in the forest or near the forest. And yet, if we step back and we take a, a larger view of things, if we change our perspective, we know that when the forest burns down, it brings new life and keeps the ecosystem stronger and thriving. There is order to that chaos, but we don't necessarily see it when we're in it. It's also true that humankind makes a lot of chaos. We, we are creative entities, individuals. We, we are able to create in a different way than, say, a zebra is able to create or a dog is able to create. Human beings possess the higher faculties of their mind that allow them this creative agency that is different than any other animal. And so we also have the potential to create a lot of chaos. There's a lot of strife. There's a lot of struggle. Bad things happen to good people. And yet, if we hold the truth that order is heaven's first law and natural law and spiritual law are one and the same, they come at truth from two different angles, but they both come to the same laws, then it's really a matter of perspective. It's really a matter of changing how we look at it, just like we change how we look at that forest fire. If we're in it, it's very hard to see this as a good thing. But if we step back, especially with the aid of time, and we have the perspective that's required, we understand that this is creating order. Same thing with, say, the wolf-predator continuum. When you take the wolf, which is an apex predator, out of the ecosystem, the whole ecosystem gets thrown off. We've seen this in nature. We've seen how everything, the deer population overrides things, the, the plant population doesn't grow in the right way, and all this, this chaos ensues because we have interfered by killing off the apex predator. There's an order to nature. And when we bring the wolf back in, that gets reorganized and order is created again. Now, does the animal that gets eaten by the wolf like that? No. But if you take a different perspective, it's required for the good of the whole. So humans have a gift of creation, and it comes through our thinking with our higher faculties. And imagination, which is the chapter we're in right now, is one of those higher faculties. And it has the potential to create a lot of disorder. Think about how you can imagine the worst thing happening, and you can put a, a negative spin or a negative story on something, or you can imagine the best thing happening, right? We have that power. So we can create order or disorder. And you, you can do this, absolutely. The truth is order. The truth is, the law is order, right? This is the way of living, is with order. So the truth is order, and just like that truth, we're living in an abundant universe, from your perspective, it might not be, but you can change your perspective. And this is the law of relativity. And this takes imagination. 
then you can change your actions accordingly based on your new perspective and using your imagination in a proper way to bring order to your life and your desires. So how are you going to do that? That's today's question. How will you bring order to your life? How will you use the law of relativity to see things differently? So yesterday we spoke about order is heaven's first law and the law of relativity, and we just touched on those. Today we're going to be touching on the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. And again, we're just scratching the surface of these laws. If this is something that you are interested in going deeper into, please reach out to me to discuss the Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass. This is something that we generally run once a year. It's a high-level mastermind and masterclass. And if you'd like to understand how to apply these laws at a much uh, greater level of understanding and application, then the Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass is for you. So reach out. Today, I want to dive into this next paragraph. Hill says, Moreover, and this statement is of stupendous importance, this earth, every one of the billions of individual cells of your body, and every atom of matter began as an intangible form of energy. And he has italicized that last phrase, began as an intangible form of of energy. So let's break that down. Every bit of matter began, originated as energy. That's intangible, meaning it's not something that you can see and touch. You can experience it. We experience the effects of energy all the time, but it's intangible. We can't touch it. But that is where all the things originated and and it's it's perpetual meaning there's a transmutation of energy from non-form into form and then guess what it goes from form back into non-form again but right now he's talking about going from non-form intangible into form tangible there is a perpetual transmutation of energy. And we as human beings have the capacity to transmute energy into form. And how do we do that? We do that through, it starts through our thinking. That is the mechanism. That is why this book is called Think and Grow Rich. Thinking is the mechanism. Do you have your thinking in the proper order? Are you thinking in accordance with what you desire or are you thinking in accordance with what you don't desire? Did you wake up this morning and feel bad, feel off? And did you go down that rabbit hole of, oh, I feel so bad, I'm going to complain about it, I'm going to let that drive me? Or did you stop and put things in proper order and change your thinking? This is not about suppressing your feelings. You want to feel, you want to allow. And the truth is when you do allow your feelings, it allows you to think differently about them. You have that power. 
You have that power to choose. That's the law of relativity right there. So what are you going to choose to think? Are you going to, to use this power of the universe that you were gifted with to think differently? We're going to take a quick pause in the teaching to tell you about the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, a powerful way to scale up and create consistent cash flow in your life and your business. We'll come right back to the teaching in less than a minute, so stick with us. The Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit is a three-day virtual event designed to help you break through your subconscious blocks and self-sabotaging behavior that keeps you playing small and not consistently making the money you desire or achieving your big goals and delightful life. This is what I had to do when I made my big quantum leap, going from making 138 to 700K in one year then crossing the seven-figure mark. It's time for you to do the same thing. Eliminate the confusion, master your mindset, and get the exact methodology required to scale up your business and your life. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit to grab your ticket now before we sell out. I can't wait to help you experience a true income breakthrough as well. I'll see you there now. We'll get back to the teaching. So today, let's get started. Desire is thought impulse. Thought impulses are forms of energy. When you begin with the thought impulse, desire, to accumulate money, you are drafting into your service the same stuff that nature used in creating this earth. And every material form in the universe, including the body and brain in which the thought impulse functions. Okay, let's break it down, guys. Desire is thought impulse. Thought impulses are forms of energy. So this is Hill speaking about the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. Desire itself is a thought. Thoughts are energy. Desire is the access point, therefore, to tapping into this creative power that exists, this creative power, which is fueled by energy, is energy. Energy is it, and it is the fuel of it. And we must transmute it, which means to transform it, to change its form, and to take that energy and to make it into something. Now, you have access to this incredible power because you have the ability to think. And that is using your imagination. That is using your rational mind. There's, there's other higher faculties of your mind. But right now, let's look at the ability to imagine. With your imagination, you desire something more, something different. And when you desire something more or different, that is a thought impulse. That is energy. And it is in that, that, that is the access point, if you will. It is in that moment where you tap into your imagination through desire that you access this incredible power, this energy, the creative force of the universe that allows you to turn that into what you desire. 
So you have this power at your fingertips and you can harness it correctly. Now, how do you do that? You must put it in the proper order. You must order your thinking. You have this power. This is the power of the universe. You have access to the same power that created the universe. Every human being does. But most human beings don't create order with this power. They create disorder for themselves. They call in what they don't want rather than what they do want. What if you were different? What if you knew how to create this order in your thinking? And herein we go back to the power to choose. You've got that choice. Did you wake up in a good mood or did you wake up in a bad mood? Are you thinking life is going to be so hard today or are you thinking life is going to be amazing today? Are you thinking it can't happen for me or are you thinking it can happen for me? The choice is yours. Use it. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. We are diving into this next section, how to make practical use of imagination. Hill says, ideas are the beginning points of all fortunes. Ideas are products of the imagination. We're going to just talk about those two sentences because they are rich. Ideas are the beginning points of all fortune. So ideas, ideas are critical. That is where the fortune starts. It's the beginning point of making more money. Quite frankly, you have to have great ideas, but he says here, and this is very important. They are the beginning point of all fortunes, which means there is so much more to it that the rest of the book talks about all the other things that are, are part of it, including action, right? Including taking the steps, planning, specialized knowledge, all of this, this, um, Uh, these points that he's making come into play. But the beginning point is this idea. And then he says, wait a second, there's a point before that. Ideas are the products of the imagination. Ideas are the products of the imagination. The imagination is one of your higher faculties. It's one of the things I teach the women in the spirit of wealth, how to really actualize in, in, and utilize at the highest level because it's so critical to bringing, synthesizing um, uh, all the power that is in existence and and funneling it into an an action plan that will create a bigger life for yourself, including more compensation. So you've got to ask yourself, do you create time for imagination? Do you allow yourself to dream? Do you ask yourself, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if I did this? What if I wanted that? What if that could happen? What if that was true? If you just ask yourself that question over and over again, what if, what if this, what if that? And you keep following that, you will activate your imagination. You will activate your ability to to start seeing uh, what was not able to be seen before, and you will get 
ideas. You will start to imagine possibilities. Then it's up to you to trust your imagination. Yesterday, we talked about ideas being the beginning points of all fortune and that ideas are the products of the imagination. And we talked about how important it was to allow yourself to dream and to really create the time for your imagination. So today I want to ask you how you are creating time for your imagination to have some space to run free. So often in our busy life, it's filled with stuff we've got to do. Maybe we want to do it. Hopefully you want to do it, but it's still, you know, we got to, you know, make lunch for the kids, get the dog out, um, answer those emails, call that person back and we can get caught up in the cycle. It's like being on a little hamster wheel of task achievement, task completion, that we don't create the space to allow our imagination to, to activate quite frankly. So I wanted to share a few ways that I do this and ask you whether you're, how you're doing it, whether you've created that time and then whether you trust your imagination that this is so important. You want to, you want to allow space for it and then you want to trust it, which means that you follow it. You, you cultivate your imagination, you allow it to, to blossom, flourish, flow, and then you follow it versus rushing through life, um, you know, squashing out anything that comes up as ridiculous or unfounded or crazy. Oh, that's crazy talk. It might be crazy talk, but it might be the best idea ever. Okay. And as Hill says, ideas are the beginning points of all fortune. So are you throwing them out once you, you get them or are you running with them, which means you put them into action quickly before you self-sabotage and say, no, that's a stupid idea. Okay. Watch that. So here are a few ways that I create space for my imagination. One first thing in the morning, I grab my cup of coffee. I go pitter pattering back into bed and I cozy up. Now I have a beautiful, cute little puppy dog. So I cozy up with my beautiful, cute little puppy dog and my yellow pad and pen. And I think through the stuff that's coming up for me. So if I have a challenge that's up in my business or a problem that I want to solve, I will just sit there and I'll write out the ideas and see what comes to me. I give myself that space. It's part of my morning routine. I also use study as a way to spark my imagination. So if you're doing this this program with me in the morning, every morning as a, as a self-study process, you can pause the recording and think about what ideas it sparks for you. How could you play off of the idea that is coming forward and, and take action on that so that you're growing yourself, you're developing more, you're, you're applying this material through your lens, you're synthesizing it through your filter and you're taking yourself to the next level. Okay. So I do that with study and that can be, um, a program like this. It can be a book. It can be when you're, you are listening to a podcast 
um, I often will pause a podcast because it's sparking so many ideas and I'm just like, oh, that's a great idea. And I, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I let my mind run wild for a while with it. So those are a few ideas for you. There's also um, really concerted imagination around, um, you know, creating a creation playbook that you can do and visioning processes. These are all things that uh, if you're interested in, feel free to reach out to me and we can talk about uh, which of the coaching programs I, I teach those in and get you set up. Happy to do that. There's so much for you to access in so many ways for you to really, you know, take your imagination to the next level because it is where ideas are produced. And then those ideas and being able to recognize the good ones are where your fortunes will be created. Hello, hello, and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So, okay, story time today. We have the story of the enchanted kettle. So I encourage you all to go read this fabulous story in the chapter on imagination. It's the story of Coca-Cola and how it evolved from a country doctor's recipe and became a global company that we all know and uh, is ubiquitous and a wealth creating uh, mechanism for many, many people in this world right now. So, and for many years. So the story goes that this country doctor has uh, an amazing recipe and yet has debts and is struggling um, and, and knows its power through probably, there's a, a few bits that are left out of this uh, story, but probably through his own experience with his patients. And he brings it to a conversation with a local drug clerk, meaning a pharmacist, and, you know, talks about the powers of this drink that he has, this, this formula, this concoction, this, this remedy, if you will. And the, the drug clerk decides to purchase the recipe outright and is sold on it in that moment. We don't know what, what words pass between the drug cl- clerk and the doctor, but there was a sale there for sure. He, he purchased the recipe for $500. This allowed the country doctor to pay off his debts and uh, be released from that, so a positive result there. And for himself, this drug clerk saw the potential in this recipe. And this is so critical. Critical. He had the imagination. He had the ability to synthesize what could happen with this recipe. Okay? The drug clerk had that kind of imagination, had the ability to see the possibilities of taking what was being used as a remedy or medicine by a country doctor and conceive of it as an everyday drink for people. And he added more and more ideas, and here I'm filling in some blanks that are not articulated in the written story in Think and Grow Rich, but we know as as part of the after story that, you know, Coca-Cola had to have distribution, had to have marketing, had to have sales. He kept adding 
these pieces to the the drink through imagination, through hard work, through uh, taking action, specialized knowledge, all the, the 13 steps that are outlined in Think and Grow Rich. But in this chapter on imagination, we want to emphasize the fact that he saw that he could do this. He saw, now he didn't see the, the megalith of a company, but he saw the next step. He saw that there could be a drink that more people could enjoy. And then Hill talks about, and this is really important for those of you who, who wonder about whether their business is going to add value in this world, that whether you are a proponent of Coca-Cola or not, or think it's good for your health or not, there have been, in many ways, some very positive um, outpourings of this. It's created lots of jobs. It's created lots of wealth. It's built a college. Uh, it's helped lots of people have more energy. There's, there's all sorts of benefits to it that, that have been outlined in this story. So I would go and, and read it. And you can see that there, it all started with this idea that the drug clerk saw in his imagination, saw that he could take this recipe and grow it. So with that, how do you apply it to yourself? Well, what opportunities are coming into your world? We could make the assumption, I don't know this to be a fact by any means, but we could make the assumption that the, the doctor may have shared this possibility, this recipe, uh, the, the, the ability to buy this recipe to, to other people who did not see the opportunity that was there, did not have the, the imagination to create those, those ideas, come up with the idea to sell it as an everyday drink. Or even if he didn't, even if this drug clerk was the first person he spoke to, that doctor himself did not see this as an opportunity, did not have the imagination uh, to take it to the next level. But that's okay. Like, he, got, he was in his lane. He was doing his thing. He got his uh, debts paid off. He, he benefited. And the drug clerk who did have the vision, the imagination, seeing the possibilities, ran with it. And he was able to create a fortune for himself. So what are the opportunities that are in front of you right now that if you just stayed open to them, if you just allowed yourself to dream a little bit, what could I do with this that might create a fortune for you? So ask yourself, what could I do with this? What could I do with this? And go take action. For this week's bonus content for the Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results podcast, let's go back to the statement that I made. Order is heaven's first law. Such an important piece of information for you to really understand. And for today's bonus content, I want to flesh out one aspect of this for you to think about and act on today. And we're going to relate it to a quote from As a Man Thinketh, a book by James Allen. He says, environment is but your looking glass. This is so critical, guys, so critical. Your environment, meaning what you see around you, is a direct reflection 
of who you are being, your mental state, your emotional state, your beingness, your level of awareness, your level of consciousness. So environment is everything, your relationships, your health and wellness, your results in your business, your experience with money, all of this is your environment. It is outside of you. It, they, this is the experience, the results, the events that you are having right now. So environment is but your looking glass. So now let's, let's take that and let's get very granular and specific with it. If environment is but your lo looking glass and order is heaven's first law, then how do those two things relate? Now, order is heaven's first law. That's saying that to be aligned with the creative forces of this universe and to move into more and more of a state of being in heaven, heaven on earth, you need to order yourself. You need to get an alignment with the way heaven works, which is ordered. Now let's look at your environment. Is your environment in order? What is it reflecting for you? Is your environment, now let's just take your home environment right now. Very, very specific, very simple. Is it messy? Is it distracting? Is it not kept up? Is it uh, falling apart? Is it trashy? Or is it clean, ordered, systemized? Do you open a drawer and everything's shoved in there? Do you open a closet and everything's shoved in there? Or is it in order? Have you a practice of bringing everything in your environment into order? And if you don't, why might that be? Now, this isn't a value statement, okay? We're not going to say you're wrong or bad for having a messy closet. That would be ridiculous. And if you are an artist who loves the mess, it's their creative style, and that's, that is a reflection of how your creativity works inside your head, all good, all good. If yet, if you are saying, wow, I would love to have a more beautiful uh, space around me, and yet you're not doing what it takes to create that, there is some dissonance there. There's a disconnect there. And you must understand that your outside world reflects some disorder inside of you. So places where I've cleaned this up, the drawers, the closets, the 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 pile of clothes on the chair in the in the closet or next to the closet making my bed um putting my papers away in the evening uh organizing my bookshelf um keeping the the my bedside table neat and tidy uh organizing the inside of my refrigerator all of these things it seems like it might be perhaps OCD or just organizing, you know, your, your home environment. But when you take this idea that order is heaven's first law, I want to make sure that my life is in order and that I'm taking personal responsibility for it. So here's what this may or may not reflect for you. Only you know. If you're not putting systems in place and creating habits 
for creating order in your life, are you saying that systems aren't important? How does that reflect in your business life, in your capacity to make money? If you don't have a habit of doing the things that call in money, which is a system, you won't make that money. So are you willing to get systemized? Are you willing to to build new habits around that? What is your exterior world reflecting in your interior world? Do you need help, but you're not asking for it? Maybe you're not great at systems. Maybe you're not great at tidying the house, but you're unwilling to ask your kids to help or ask your partner to help or hire someone. What does that reflect about your willingness to receive and to ask for something? Are you afraid you're going to be rejected and you're, you're not willing to experience that? Or you don't know how to ask for something with a sense of generosity. It's, it's a only by demand, only by blame. Clean that up. Is your outside environment saying you won't spend time or money on yourself? You won't spend the time to organize the drawer when it gets messy. You won't spend the money to hire uh, someone to help you with that. Whether it's cleaning the house or vacuuming or watering the plants or whatever it is, okay? And there's so many more examples that we could do in your business as well. We should probably do that, but here's what I've got for you today. So is it saying that you're willing to compromise too much, that you have low standards? Are you not willing to do what it takes to get to the next level? Or worse yet, it's someone else's job. That happens so much, right? It's his fault that the house is messy. That's a victim mentality. Take personal responsibility here. So what is your environment, whether it's uh, here we just did a bunch in your personal environment, your home environment, but you could equally do this process with your office environment, your business environment, your relationships. What is your environment telling you about how you think about yourself, others, and the world? If you want something different than what you have now, if you want different results than what you have now, you've got to order your own thinking. So for me, that looked like whenever I see my plant, I ask myself, did I water it? And then I go water it. Then if I'm not able to do that on a consistent basis, then I ask my assistant to do that. But for many, many years before you go, oh, well, that's nice, Mary, you have a personal assistant. For many, many years, I had to hold myself to a higher standard because I would walk past that poor damn plant and watch it slowly dying because I thought I was going to do it tomorrow, the next day or later, but later never came. And that was indicative of me saying to myself, do it later. I cleaned that up. And it seems unrelated how watering the plant immediately changes who you are, but it does. Now you've become someone who does the thing that needs to be done immediately. Now I've gotten into alignment and and put myself in right order so that 
I'm more in tune with how creation works. Because manifestation and achieving your goals is a creative act. Okay, with that, rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to the unstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.